and welcome to the Leveled Up Podcast. I'm Megan Johnson. I'm Danae Osted. And I'm Sarah Flannery. Today we have the absolute pleasure interviewing one of the OGs from Level Up, Sarah Key, owner of The Keys to Travel. She gave us some great insight on transitioning from um, doing what her part-time love was and transitioning it into her full-time entrepreneur job. Listen up, you guys will get some great tips and hope you guys enjoy. So great idea from Jason as we get started here. Uh, this is a OG, original gangster of Leveled Up. Uh, Miss Sarah Key is with us tonight as our guest. We're very, very excited. She was one of our very first um, partners for this. Uh, she's been one of our moderators. She's been here the whole time. Were you at the very first Level Up meeting? Yes, in the library. In the library. <laughs> Sarah wasn't even at that one. I wasn't. Other Sarah. I didn't know about you guys yet. That's right. That's okay. You found us eventually because oh, it's next destiny. month, though. Yeah, the, the next month. So um, we're really glad to have Sarah here with us. So just for some background about Sarah before we get started, and I'll let her elaborate on it, obviously. Um, Sarah has a background working in a couple of different arenas, but she's now found herself specifically in the travel realm, which is really, really cool. She is the most enviable, Instagrammable <laughs> aesthetic, right? Yeah. So, uh, Sarah, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Where have you been most recently? Um, Washington, D.C., and it was raining the whole time, um, but... That's right. Okay, so tell us something more fun than that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like two, two days before that, it was Cozumel. Yeah. Mexico. Rough. So that was sunny and wonderful. Yeah. So your job sucks. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> I don't recommend it for anyone. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. So you are the owner of the Keys to Travel. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your journey before coming to uh, opening up your own business how you got there, a little bit about you. Give us the deets. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go back to college. I was, I went to college in the Midwest. I'm from the Midwest, and so the typical Midwest thing to do is go to college, get your degree, work your 9 to 5, retire, and die. <laughs> and <laughs> so I just went along with it. I went to college. I never knew what I wanted to do. Um, all my friends knew they wanted to be teachers or doctors or whatever they wanted to do, and I never had any idea because I like to do everything. Um, so I thought I would go the psychology route because I really like people, but then they said you had to do a lot of research <laughs> and sit behind a desk all the time, and I didn't like that, and also go to a lot more schooling. So I switched routes to marketing because that's basically psychology without the extra work. <laughs> <You're not running. laughs> um, so I went the marketing route and I also figured, hey, every company needs a marketer or some type of business person. So I went that route, graduated in four years, and then started looking for a job, which I had no idea really what I wanted to do. Um, and it just never, I could never figure out what I exactly wanted to do, but it just never felt right doing mm -hmm. like the typical nine to five job. But Kept going, got a job at a um, a home builder just doing marketing, and I mean, it was fine. It was a cool, you know, first experience, but it just never felt right. And then finally, my now husband was ready to leave Wisconsin, so we moved out to Colorado, and I met a lot of cool people, 
and learned more about like the entrepreneurial world and like that's a real thing and people actually do it <laughs> and it's possible to make a living do, having your own job and I just never thought that was possible so I dabbled in a bunch of different things and never really found exactly what I wanted to do but I knew entrepreneurship was right for me it just felt right I liked being my own boss I liked making the rules and doing what I wanted to do uh, so then I mean, I always wanted to travel. I love traveling my whole life, but I just didn't think, unless you were some famous Instagrammer or blogger, <laughs> that you could make it in the travel world. I didn't really understand all the opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. um, so I started dabbling around. I talked to Megan, and we worked on trying to figure out my life. And um, I figured out that travel agents still existed, which is pretty cool, and I learned more about that got connected with an agency and started that about two years ago now, doing that alongside my full-time job marketing at an architecture firm, which I knew I needed to get out of there. I just had zero passion for that industry. Um, it's a tough one to be in, especially if you're a woman and in marketing. Um, so I knew I needed to get out. So I started working in the travel business and building that up and it was just like the perfect fit ever. Mm -hmm. I knew it like, had to happen. But of course, I made all the excuses <laughs> and was like, you know, but the steady, safe nine to five job, you know, it's right. got me my paycheck each month. It's got me my um, insurance and all that stuff. So I stuck with it and it just it was soul sucking every single day. But the whole time you were traveling, like you yes, were doing as all much these as possible. incredible <laughs> trips this whole time. I remember having conversations with you and, and being like, why are we not talking about travel? Why are we not talking about travel? Why are we not talking about travel? And the beautiful piece about your story that I think is going to connect with a lot of people is it just has to be the right time as well. Mm -hmm. And there was so many pieces that had to come together for you and for Justin, your husband, and just your life had to get to this point where it was like, okay, now I'm ready. Like, yeah. <laughs> finally, finally you get it because um, I don't think anybody in this world could have given you the same opportunity that you have with Travel Savvy mm -hmm. until you were ready. And so I think that's really interesting. So yeah. what do you think that piece was? What do you think had to fall in place for you to really be ready to t turn the switch? Yeah, and I want to put it out there for a lot of people. I was never fully ready. <laughs> um, I always had my reservations because, you know, when you have a steady job, it's so scary to leave and go off on your own when growing up I didn't believe like that was possible so like changing your mindset um that was tough but just you know working constantly my full-time job and then working in my travel business all night long and all weekends it just felt right when I was doing the travel and I just knew that's what I was supposed to be doing like finally I felt right which had never felt right in any job I was doing mm -hmm. um and so it got to the point where my full-time job I am a very positive person and happy person and when I would come home crying every day and like just always negative and always feeling down about myself I just knew it was time to get out as soon as possible so I set a goal of leaving and the universe or whatever you believe in decided it was time to leave a little earlier <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah about a year ago now I left my full-time job and just went out on my own but I never it's you're never gonna feel 100% ready yeah. but you have to if you feel like it's the right 
like you're in the right situation and you are confident in yourself, yeah. then go before you're ready. <laughs> like go for it before you're ready. Mm. I think the a key piece that I think a lot of people with what you just said is feeling confident in yourself um, is something that's a challenge for a lot of people because like you had mentioned, you were coming from a spot where the environment that you were in was not positive, right? You, you just said that you were getting put down probably in some sort of boys club situation and it would just was not fueling your cup. Yeah. And so it was, it was soul sucking. It was draining all of your positivity. So was there something that you did to help build your confidence outside of just the focus of travel? Like, or I would say booking travel for others. Was it traveling itself? Was it, what was some of the things that you did to help build up that confidence? Um, it really, I mean, I knew I was very confident in myself when I was doing travel. Like I knew, I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And even though like I wasn't in the industry before, I knew the tools to learn what I had to. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't the issue. The issue was the mental game. And so I did a lot of yoga and <laughs> every day I would walk into work or every day. I... <laughs> it's okay. It was tough. Every day I would have a meeting with my boss. I would just go in and just repeat in my head, I am enough. Just so you know, we cry almost every time on the podcast. (laughs) So we got you, girl. I mean, because I knew, like, they brought me to that point where I didn't feel like I was enough. No matter what I did, it was never right, even though I knew I was enough. Um, So just, like, repeating that mantra over and over again and just focusing on, like, I know I know what I'm doing. And just separating, like, my, like, my abilities separating it from them yeah mm-hmm. that's huge gosh I mean how many women could we talk to that like struggle with that same thing like well I talk, say it all the time you know you can't separate a woman from her mission and I never think about how many women are stuck in corporate or this or cor- or any type of business maybe not necessarily that large where because they're so tied to the outcomes that they're producing and their teams and what their teams think of them that they're just getting pummeled every day Mm -hmm. that's so rough Sarah I think we all have a story like that I think so I feel like so many of us especially women tend to have this um this internal feedback loop over and over and over again about the stories we tell ourselves and Mm -hmm. there's so much research like supporting how it doesn't matter what our confidence level is we still have the same messages in our heads going over and over and over again so to have that internal feedback loop all the time and then to also have somebody on the outside that's giving you external feedback that's repeating that back to you Mm -hmm. that's miserable that puts you in this crazy like echo chamber of just negativity Mm -hmm. so then you don't you're not around this you know I always tell Megan and Sarah like I feel like I have this negative feedback loop inside of my own head so I have to get it out of there and bounce it off people who Mm -hmm. are going to bounce back to me what's actually real right. and they're going to give me supportive messages and encouraging mm-hmm. things that give me confidence but if the bounce back that you're getting from your external feedback is <laughs> negative and yeah. like and toxic like what a nightmare yeah i like i can totally understand why that would be just miserable uh-huh. especially as you're in this this mind game of trying to become an entrepreneur and trying to you know, level up your identity and change who you are and what you're doing all the time to be dragged down yeah. back to where you don't feel 
like you're enough to do that like that's mm-hmm. a big deal yeah. mm. and at the same time of you doing all this other stuff like having to go into that environment every day where you're you're just talking to yourself through every experience and then you're going back and you're like am I enough to be able to start my own business do I know <laughs> enough can I be capable of enough like that just shows that you are made of steel mm, like how tough do you have to be to a year later you're doing fabulously like your business is taking off right mm-hmm. and your name is all over town of this amazing real uh, realtor amazing <laughs> travel agent that everybody wants yeah. to work with and um so tell us about what daily life is like now yeah, I just want to go back to one thing like that. <clears throat> it's so true what you said, but it's also, you know, it sucked what happened, but it also put me in the mindset where it was like, this has to work. Like, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no, like, option. Yeah. Like, a lot of, I know a lot of people is like, oh, like, what if it doesn't work out? Or they're doubting if it's really right for them. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, it was, there was no option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that safety net was, that pull, like, yeah. it was gone. Yeah, yeah, like, I had to make this work. Yeah. Which was awesome. Um, and then also surrounding yourself with amazing people, like, you guys, like, you guys knew every month. Level Up was, like, my savior. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, the meetings, I was like, oh, thank God, I need this meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so daily life now is wonderful. Um, I have always been very active, and I love my fitness and working out, and, like, during that awful few years, certain few few months, I like my fitness and health went down, and so now every single morning I get up and work out. Like I'm a morning person. I know you're not, Danae. <laughs> no, I am. Just um, not on the weekends. weekends but... <laughs> the rest of the week I am. Okay. <laughs> but like I enjoy waking up at like five or six a.m. and like going to work out and like doing my own thing and doing that, and then. I get to, like, sit and enjoy breakfast with my husband, and then I get to just go sit and work on helping people plan their perfect honeymoon or plan their, like, perfect family vacation and just do that all day long. And then I get to take a break and take my dog for a walk in the daylight, (laughs) which is amazing. Yep, huge. (laughs) Huge. And, like, I get to go, you know, work at coffee shops if I want to, if I need to, because I'm a people person, so I need to be around people. Mm -hmm. So I get... To have that option. Yeah. Can I say that I love how you're framing all of those things as something that you get to do, Mm -hmm. right? As an entrepreneur, I get to wake up when I want to, and Mm -hmm. I like waking up early because that's something that I get to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I get to have breakfast with my husband, and I get to go spend time doing things that I love and care about, Mm -hmm. and I get to go to a coffee shop. The way that you're framing those things um, makes such a a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And that's how you can tell that somebody like you is happy and you're getting to the place where now you're you're finding fulfillment in the work that you're doing mm-hmm. and you there could be somebody else who's doing the exact same work as you mm-hmm. and doesn't feel that way mm-hmm. like well I have to get up at five yeah and then I eat breakfast and then I go have I have to go work again yeah like everybody frames that a little bit differently and you can tell that you're like I can tell that this has just been so like life opening yeah yeah, yeah it's really like, cool way. That's like awesome. liberating it's yeah. like yes this yeah. is all the things yeah yeah like I was sitting I have, like, an accountability group that I meet with every other every other week at a coffee shop. And, like, I was just sitting there, like, sometimes I zone out and don't listen to what people are saying. But I was sitting there, I'm like, like, it's 11 o'clock on a, on a Wednesday. And I'm sitting having coffee with a really good friend talking about our goals and making sure that we're, like, reaching our goals. Mm-hmm. And this is so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. People get to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. And you've built this life. Yeah. Yeah. You're so cool. Thanks. 
Wait, I guess I want to I want to spend some time talking today too because I think that one of the best um, values that people are going to get out of this episode is specifically for the people who right now, kind of like Sarah mentioned before, are stuck in that place where I feel like most entrepreneurs are at some point where your part-time deal, whatever that is, mm-hmm. it can be a side hustle or it can be a business or it can mm-hmm. be whatever you want to call it at any different point, right? Where you so badly want to do that, but it doesn't pay your bills and you need a level of stability so you have some other job. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's still so much... I don't want to say stigma because I don't even think that's the that's the right word for it. I feel like for a lot of people, there's almost shame mm. in having to rely on another source of income mm. instead of being able to just go all in mm-hmm. and dive into something that's not necessarily making you all of the money that you want or need right off the bat. Like, I want to hear from all of you guys, actually. What do you have to say to people who are in that spot? Because that's hard. It's really difficult because especially when you're in the first parts of your business, you're still probably putting in full-time effort, even though it's a part-time job, right? And you're still putting in full-time effort to your actual job that's paying you. Mm-hmm. So you're putting in double full-time effort a yeah. lot of the times. So the results you're getting on either end are kind of convoluted because you're stressed and you're tired mm-hmm. and you're working so hard and it doesn't feel like you're getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear from all of you again, what do you, what do you have to say to those people? Well, I feel like it's like you're almost spinning wheels. I mean, I I think about, you know, listening to Sarah's story and thinking about my transition from processing six figures, consistent income, was doing great and crushing it. And then it's like, hey, you should go into the sales role. You should, you know, basically run your own mortgage origination thing. And it was like, yeah, I don't know. And I remember in the beginning I did it, but I was still 50-50-ing it. I was still processing and I was still trying to originate. It was horrible like everything kind of just started falling down the wayside like my my ability to have complete you know quality and control and you know detail oriented just started falling by the wayside but I was so scared of not having any money in that stability and you know I think this was before I knew all of you guys but um, I think it was my mom's business coach who I was working with at the time Um, he was just like you just have to have the confidence in yourself. You have to cut the cord on one way or the other. And he's like, what do you see yourself doing long term? Where do you see yourself having the most amount of growth and satisfaction in your future? Don't worry about right now. Don't worry about the finances right now. Money shakes out one way or the other. And it usually always works out in the long run for what you need it to be. As long as you're driven and focused to be what you want it yeah. to be. And so I had to stop the processing and go full-time into originating because it was just dragging me down. I couldn't give it the full 100%. And as soon as I did that, it was scary as shit. I mean, I'm pretty sure I went, like, three pay periods with no money. You know what I mean? And, like, that was, like, at the time for me as somebody that had prided herself in spending, doing, making sure I had all the things that was, like, at the time my now fiancé, I was relying on him to help me, and that was super fucking uncomfortable. (laughs) But, you know, like, I think the, the best advice that he gave me was is that, you know, you have to follow what your dream and your passion is. And, you know, obviously, you know, my was my dream and passion to be a, a mortgage loan originator. I can't say it off the top, but my passion is to help people, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I've learned to help people in this 
specific niche of finances, which happens to be mortgages. And that's what I latched onto was that need for helping people that I've always had in my entire life. And I've tried, you know, I did physical therapy. I've done some chiropractic. I've done acupuncture. I've done massage therapy. Like we have all of these traits that all of them felt cool, but maybe not the right fit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just takes that leap of faith is basically the way I like to think of it. What did you say, Sarah? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's about, because I mean, I tried a bazillion things too until I found what I'm doing now. And you have to try all the things and do them when you have a full-time job and that stable income because then it's not as much pressure, mm-hmm. you know, to figure. And then once you find that thing, go all in and they'll, there will come a point when you do have to take the leap or... Mm-hmm your so-called steady income will take the leap for you. Yeah. I just think that's the funniest thing, you know. People get their heads wrapped around, oh, it's a steady income and steady job that I'm always going to have. No, they can fire you. Yeah. It happens. Like, it happened to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not steady. And if that happens, big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, go all in on your part-time job. And try and give it your all, or you can always go get another job if it doesn't pan out and just figure it out. Yeah. What about you, lady? Man. Man. I don't know. I feel like I see this transition fairly often because this, the, I mean, the people I work with for the most part are people who are either in the process of transitioning, right? Because there's a lot of scary financial things that happen Mm -hmm. in that case, um, or people who have recently transitioned and are now getting used to whatever their new financial situation is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've kind of seen people's financial situations at all parts of this. Mm-hmm. And at no point is it not scary. Yeah. Right. Really. And I can tell you from my personal experience, you know, when I got into finance, I was working, man, three yeah. other three other jobs probably. Mm-hmm. And some of it was contract work. I was teaching dance. I was bartending. I was doing a bunch of stuff. And... You know, I slowly eliminated one by one, but the issue was that I didn't necessarily up my work ethic in the rest of my life when I started eliminating those positions. So even though I had more time, like, I didn't still quite understand what it meant to be a business owner. Yeah, that's a you know? very valid point. And so when you're when you're looking at this point where, you know, I'd like to take a leap of faith and just jump into it, like, what does that actually mean for you? How are you going mm-hmm. to structure your days? Because... You can take a leap of faith and quit a job, but have you actually gone through the planning period of, okay, I know this is how much money I need to pay my bills. I know that this is how much activity I need to do to get that, and this is the input that I need to get that much activity. If you haven't gotten to that point, then maybe you're not making a leap of faith, like sometimes maybe you're just doing something dumb. Like, so I can say that from my own experience because I've done that. I can tell you that right when I got into it, I eliminated some of my income way too quickly without any context as to how much actual work that would take the rest of the time. Right. And I just assumed that if I was spending more time or if I had more time, then full-time results would come. But it turns out you still have to put in full-time energy. Right. Right? And for how long do you have to put in full-time results before you get full-time paid? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, the truth. I guess that, you know, at some point you're going to have to decide, like, you'll have to actually look at your life with the real context of, like I said going through those numbers find somebody who can help you go through that and give you some real context because otherwise 
you might be making a bad decision. The, the point that we're trying to make here is not like take a leap of faith and just like quit your day job. Like, yeah, throw it out there. Business, start every, like set yeah. everything on fire. Like, no, that's not right. the whole point. But at some point you're going to have to decide, like, am I half-assing two or three things mm-hmm. or should I just be full-assing <laughs> one thing? thing yeah. yes. Right. And what's it going to take to actually do that? So I don't know. You have to have some context, but yeah, like, this is near and dear to my heart. Eventually you have to just decide like I'm going all in and this is exactly to the numbers and to the level of activity what that means. I think that's really important. That was the biggest thing for me. My biggest fear of not of staying or my biggest fear was the financial piece. Mm-hmm. And it's because I wasn't educated on it. Mm-hmm. So if you talk to someone like Danae that can clear up like, hey, yeah, you could do your thing full time. You just don't realize the numbers or this is what you need to do or work towards to get there financially it's all about education right and not being stuck in the fear mode yeah and And i think good advice too because you're talking to somebody who is not experiencing the emotion around it that you Mm -hmm. are so they can kind of see it with (laughs) a clear head my answer to the question is um there is absolutely no shame in keeping a job while you're getting your business off the ground because especially if you have children, especially, you know, if your financial situation or the family stability situation requires you to make sure that you have health insurance or whatever it is, there is no shame in that game. And I think that it is a disservice that we do to, to like, inspiring entrepreneurs to say you're all in or you're all out. Because sometimes it's not a globally for your life, globally mm. for your life, healthy decision to say, fuck you, corporate job. I'm going to go home if you have a kid with cerebral palsy. Like, that's not always the right answer. So, and also, like we were saying when you were talking today, sometimes it takes three years to build your business to a point where it can sustain you full time. Mm-hmm. And so you have to consider the industry and you have to consider how much time you can put into it. Um And I had a really similar experience than Sarah did. So when Sarah was going through this, it was really, really hard for me not to, like, like respond in what was going on with her with my own baggage around it. Because I got the ultimatum, like, you're either moving to D.C. or you're getting a new job. And so I was laid off. Like, okay, thought I was in a three-year contract. When you're in, fuck. Um, So, uh, and then it was, like, I guess I'm all in. And so in that, in that situation and kind of what I agree with you guys about like going all in is necessity is the mother of invention. Absolutely. When you have to make it work, like, man, you work like just like Danae, I'm going to work four jobs, but guess what? I can work four jobs and figure this out and do it. So I think there's a lot of power in that, but I, I do think it's wrong that you see in a lot of these online spaces where they're like, you're either all in or you're a faker. Like, either get, in, get all in or get all out. I think you have to do it smartly. You have to understand your finances. You have to understand your um, level of risk that you're mm-hmm. willing to take. Um, and do it smart. Don't yeah. do it to where you're going to go back and set yourself back. Yeah. The other thing it made me think about... I'm sorry. No, you're, don't be sorry. Finish your thought, and then I have, I have things to say. Okay. The other thing it made me think about is um, recently this uh, new project came up for me, and I was really, really excited about the people in the project, what they wanted to do, what they wanted to accomplish. Like, I was stoked. Every time I sat with them, I was like, man, I want to be a part of this. This is so, so cool. But every time I left those meetings, I'd come back, and I'd be like, oh, 
there's something wrong. There's something not here. There's something that doesn't fit. And so <clears throat> I think this applies not just when you're going off for your first big, exciting new thing, but as you bring on other things. Um, so I closed my second business. So I've, my first business failure occurred <laughs> the last year. And um, what I realized from closing that business was one was a distraction to the other at all times. And so because they weren't aligned enough, um, I couldn't go all in on either one of them. One was always a distraction. And so I put myself in, the, in that situation, even though I loved them both and I was doing them both on my own terms, I owned both the, the companies, but they were still a distraction to me in the efforts that I made. So when I was in these recent conversations, I was like, man, I just can't go back to that. When I love, I love this idea, it was gonna. It was. I was either gonna be working on this or working on that. And I was. Good, I was firmly walking into the dumbass cha cha. Like I knew I was, and so I turned. I had to turn down this incredible opportunity just because. Right now in 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 my life, it's this. I I want to focus on women in business. So, or women business owners. So that was the other thing it reminded me of. Is it doesn't just apply to the first time. No, and I think a key thing that you just said before I let Danae talk is you had a feeling like either in your gut or your heart and you knew it wasn't right and you didn't ignore it. Same thing with you. You had the feelings. You knew it wasn't right. It, it shook out for the time and the place that it did and it, it you know, pushed you into the travel mm-hmm. scheme full-time a little sooner. But you knew it and it mm-hmm. would have happened whether it was uh, the, you know, getting laid off or whether it was, you know, something else. Mm-hmm. You knew it didn't align. And I think that's something that's huge is you know, you have to keep that in perspective. Um, I know I've struggled with having clarity with that, you know, what does actually align and having it calm down enough to be like, no, that doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. and honoring it and letting it be. Because a lot of people just like, I could see somebody in your shoes if we were, you know, another person, if they weren't as emotionally intelligent as you are, could have been like, I really like the way this sounds, but in the gut it was like, yeah, no, this will be a total soul suck. And, you know, they would have gone down this other path or maybe done two paths and then it would have been, you know, we could have been catching that person, you know, six months from now just spreading thin and now they're just, both aren't functioning at the right, like, area. Yeah. I want to be fair. There was nothing about this new project that was going to be a soul suck. It would have been awesome and fun. But I couldn't have done either one of them 100% because they weren't close enough to this. Right. To the same kind of focus. So, what were you going to say to me? Okay, a couple things. Um, I'm beautiful. That you are. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. Keep it coming. Um, <laughs> I just show up for the compliments. Um, okay, so two things. The first thing is that there's nothing wrong with keeping a part-time income as part-time income. Mm -hmm. Right. There's nothing wrong with that because I can tell you that having seen so many people's finances, an extra thousand dollars a month would mean the world to so many people that changes people's lifestyles in a crazy way. Right. Imagine another thousand dollars a month of being able to not worry about food or be able to take a trip Mm -hmm. or all of those extra things or fund your kids college or fund your own retirement. An extra thousand dollars a month makes a huge difference in people's life. Right. And nobody should should ever downplay that or make you feel like that's not good enough or you're not a real entrepreneur unless you're all in. Right. Unless you're hustling and grinding and spending all of your time like that's that's totally bullshit. Right? So there's nothing wrong with keeping a part-time income part-time, first of all. So the second thing 
is um, don't let your own timeline be dictated by what you think other people's timelines oh, yeah, are. That's good. Because again, it's all an illusion. Everything, <laughs> everything is an illusion. Nothing is real. Because if you look at somebody else's situation, and I know that, like, I know that that sounds silly. If you look at somebody else's situation, you have no idea what other external factors are there. Correct. You don't know what other income sources they have. You don't know how much credit card debt they're taking on to fund their lifestyle. You have no idea if they have a spouse that's paying their bills. You have no idea if their parents have given them money to help support them in something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with any of those things. Again, don't compare your own timeline because if you have an advantage that maybe other people don't, maybe you do have a spouse that's supportive, right? That helps you pay your bills while you're while you're trying to do something new, that's that's amazing. Like, that's a really big deal. Don't feel any sort of shame or guilt or, or feel weird about <coughs> any of that. But also acknowledge that other people sometimes have advantages that you don't too. Yeah. And so timelines are never apples to apples. Businesses are right. never no. apples to apples. It's never a direct comparison. And when you take your business and you compare it to somebody else's, not knowing anything about who they are or what they're doing besides that you're in a similar kind of deal it's it's totally unfair to you and it's totally unfair to them because it's not real right yeah. none of it's real you yep. only have bits and pieces of what their actual life looks like so you're just setting yourself up bits for failure and pieces are coming off social <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is because yes. i mean i i so appreciate when people are vulnerable and they post things about you know who they are and what they're going through and the struggles but sometimes even that is crafted vulnerability yep right it's it's easy to post about certain things that you're going through, but everybody has real pain points that they're not talking about yep. on social media, right? Yeah. Maybe it's okay to feel like you're, you know, you could post about how your business isn't exactly where you want it to be and it's kind of vague or how your body's not where you want it to be and it's kind of vague. But if you post about, you know what, I feel absolute shame because I haven't told anybody about my other income and everybody thinks I'm running this massively successful business and it's not, it doesn't feel real. Like, is there something wrong with me? Nobody's yep. going to share that to social. Yeah. No. Nope. Right. So that reminds anyway. me of one of my favorite Brene Brown quotes and it's, uh, everyone has a story that'll break your heart. And if you're really paying attention, most people have a story that will bring you to your knees. And I try to remember that with everybody that I meet because you're exactly right. It's none of it's real. It's all crafted. But I know we're off topic. Like we always get. But no, I think this is the points of the tangents, yeah. right? So that's part of this. That's yeah. a good quote. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And because you, it's for me and for any achiever type, uh, your comparison is like such a threat to you yeah. all, at all times because we all compare. And so for me, that always brings me back to my comparison. Like, just be real and honest and, and know that they're doing, they're having a hard time sometimes too. And sometimes they, they're overcoming tragedy and sometimes they're overcoming some of this other, other horrible stuff. And it helps me not in saying like, oh, look at them, they have tragedy, but in a way of like a positive comparison yes. instead of a negative comparison. Like, killing it. They're the best and beautiful. So I don't know if that was loud enough for anybody to hear, but what you were saying was adorable. I said they're incredible and they're the best and they're beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I like how she just cupped her hands in order to get that extra loud figure. Have another echo, 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 echo. So okay, so so Sarah, heading into this new kind of, and we we've all watched your transition over the last 
been awesome. year or so. And it's mm-hmm. been really, really cool because now I feel like people look at your life and be like, that's something that I want to aspire mm-hmm. to. So you're, whether you know it or not, you're modeling a life that a lot of people don't think is possible. Yep. And that's 100%. a good thing. That influences a lot of people because mm-hmm. the idea that you can work when you want, that you can travel a lot mm-hmm. and make the kind of money that you're looking for and have a life that you're excited about, like that's a really, really big deal. And so even just doing that mm-hmm. and helping other people, like that makes a really big difference in people's lives. So now coming from this spot, now what are you excited about? Um, well, <laughs> everything (laughs) Um, great answer give us a laundry list let's see I have always loved birthdays and my birthday and then you know the last couple years it's been like I hate my birthday and I hate getting older because I wasn't where I wanted to be and I thought I would never get where I wanted to be so like the big 30 birthday was like daunting and hanging over my head and I'm like I don't want to be 30 because I still am not where I want to be and all this stuff but now I'm turning 30 this summer and I'm actually excited for that and to see you know where the next I'm excited to get out of my 20s Uh no one tells you (laughs) 20s is a tough tough time of life (laughs) where you're trying to figure out life (laughs) um so I'm excited to turn 30 I'm excited to just get to travel more my husband's a photographer so we kind of make the best team when we travel Uh except we travel very differently so that's also fun though because like we we get to have a balance of like let's go out in the wilderness and do justin things and then let's go lay on the beach for a week and do sarah things so it's kind of nice to have a balance of seeing all parts of the world together yeah um so i'm really excited for just traveling more and just being able to grow my business and help more people yeah travel more and i mean realize that traveling is possible and it's not big and scary when you have someone helping you (laughs) I think one of the other things that makes you super unique is you have so much experience traveling so when people are wanting to go to certain areas I constantly see people on social being like recommendations for this recommendations for that and I think what really sets you apart from a lot of other travel agents is you literally have firsthand experience Mm -hmm. of what makes that spot that you're going to a a step up from what you already expect it to be. Like you want it to be all the things, right? You're traveling, you're excited, but now you've just amplified that trip a little bit more because of either personal recommendation, you know, whatever it may be. I think that that's huge. And not a lot of people have that firsthand experience to be able to Mm -hmm. push that along. They maybe just read reviews or do something like that. Well, and any Tom, Dick, or Harry can tell you about their experience, but was their experience similar to their family situation, to the way they want to travel, or whatever. That's what makes Sarah such an expert. The other thing that's been really fun to watch Sarah do over the last year is, like, get really excited about all these certifications she's getting. Like, she's Nerd. Like, <laughs> she's like, I'm, I'm doing this training on this sort of travel, and I'm doing this training with this business. And, like, before, when she would, we'd catch up and she's talking about work, she'd be like, I have to go to this training for my boss, and, like, it's the worst. And, uh, and it probably legitimately was the worst. Um, but how – I think when somebody has to get training for their business um, – that is such an oh, indicator on how much they love it. Because yeah. Sarah's like, what can I do? How can I learn? Where can I go? And it is just so yeah. fun. It's such a cool indicator. I love my business, but I'm not going to tell you I'm excited for compliance training. <laughs> at, any, at 
any given point. So that is something um, that's not all that rude. But you also do a lot of training. Like you I like the fun trainings. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I go to plenty of fun trainings. I'm just saying those are the ones that I'm not... I almost never look forward to. <laughs> Nay, the um, but I will say, Sarah, that you've helped me in like a really weird and specific way. Ooh, so I don't think I know this one. <laughs> no, because I've never thought about it until literally this second. So <laughs> no, you probably don't. So I until I seriously until I started getting to know you, I never thought of myself as somebody who got excited about travel at all and it's funny because I do you know all these financial plans and every single person's when they talk about their goals and dreams like I want to travel I want to travel I want to travel I want to travel and I never thought of myself first of all as somebody who really cared right or as somebody who that was even meant for which is a weird like it's a weird mind thing when I traveled growing up it wasn't it was nothing glamorous and I'm not Mom, if you're listening, <laughs> I, I love you guys very much, but we did not have the, like, my dream travel experience, right? We would shove seven of us and a dog into a van, and then we would drive either to Wisconsin, or we went to, the, we went to Seattle once, but we would stay, we'd all stay in, like, a Motel 6, we'd all be in one room, one so there would be, like, three of us in a bed, and, like, two of us on the floor and there's all again there's also a dog we just get groceries like or we need to get two things off the dollar menu like that was how we traveled for my entire like you know childhood and so like hearing about families that would go to like hawaii or disney world Mm -hmm. none of that clicked because i was like well that just that does that's not meant for me like other families get to do that like that's not what we did and so as an adult like that kind of transferred over so now even when i see things like my company does a big hawaii trip right now and or every year and I didn't even try qualifying for the first couple of years because I was like well Hawaii is not something that I get to do like and I know that's kind of a weird like crazy yeah but it's really cool because now seeing somebody who's so close to me like you go on cool trips all the time and you talk about like the actual things that you get to do and you open up other opportunities like the river cruise that you're doing or the girls trip or like all this different stuff and I'm like I didn't know travel could even look like that. I didn't know that was something that was accessible to me. Yeah. I didn't know that that's what it could feel like. Mm-hmm. All I remember is being really stressed out. <laughs> and my dad was like, no happy noises back there. Like, everybody <laughs> just stay quiet. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <laughs> I drove all the way back to Denver. Yeah. Exactly. So that was, like, that was my entire experience with it. And, like, so even your, like, your influence on my life on social media and in person and things like that has gotten me to the point where now I'm really excited Mm -hmm. about the times that I get to travel. I've started planning trips and I can't wait till I get to the point where I can just be like, Hey, here's $5,000. Like just send me somewhere. Don't even tell me, like give me the general climate (laughs) and like, we'll just go, you know, so much joy. It's exciting. (laughs) So anyway, that was a weird tangent, but that's where that's your influence on me so far. I love that. And that's one thing I love. I mean, I love travel, obviously. I love everything about it. But I love that it's always changing and that it's accessible to anyone, whether, I mean, you don't have to go on this huge grand trip to travel. Like you can, I mean, especially in Colorado, you can go to Colorado Springs and travel. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think the best thing about travel is that it brings people together and it, makes you realize how small you are in this world and how your problems or your worries just don't matter. And especially like when you're traveling with someone else, like your significant other or like girlfriends or people that you meet while you're traveling, like when you're traveling, you have to figure out how to get 
on a London train from one place to the other. Okay. And that's your big issue right then and there. Like, you're not yeah. worrying about, oh, like, I have to be, like, I'm sitting in traffic in Denver. Like, this sucks again. Or I have to go to another meeting. Or just, like, all these things that just build up in your day-to-day life. Or, oh, I have to clean the bathroom. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're focused on who you're traveling with. You're focused on experiencing mm-hmm. a new culture or new foods or whatever and it's like you're building these lifelong memories with other people or with yourself if you're traveling solo and it just makes you feel so empowered and also really small Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's really well at least for me it's travel's really important in my marriage one Mm -hmm. of the things we did for many many years and Last couple, not so much because we've both been crazy, but I miss it every time we don't do it. It's a trip for our anniversary. And um, when we were young and very poor, it was like a two-day road trip. Like, we're going up to Idaho. Like, nowhere nowhere really exciting, but it's getting that time to just spend with my husband in a car. Like, And we're just talking mm-hmm. and experiencing things and stopping at every historical landmark <laughs> along the way uh, is super, super fun and important. And so... I love what you just said because I've never really thought about it in that way because I really do go through like travel withdrawal with my husband because (laughs) it's like none of the, I am really good at separating when I do travel and like none of the day-to-day crap matters. You just disconnect from it and reconnect with each other. Um, And then the other travel that's really, really important to me is meeting up with my friend Marnie who I've been friends with since the Air Force and like just meeting somewhere because we're always separate Mm -hmm. just meeting somewhere and getting to just reconnect for that time in a new place and experience new things together has really really important to me and I guess I'm learning something new right now too because I never would have put it in words how important it is to Mm -hmm. me until this conversation like I knew it was yeah um and I've always wanted to do it but um yeah, I need to be better about that for sure. Yeah. But Sarah's, Sarah's planning a trip for me. Yeah. Did you know? No. I'm going to Argentina. What? Fancy. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like a very spicy trip. She's going to do some tango dancing. I'm going to do some Yay! tango. I, don't, I literally haven't even looked at anything she sent me yet. But I will. I'm very excited. <laughs> and it was super easy. I was just like, uh, she actually sent me this whole thing about like, here are some major things that people do. And they were all sorts of different things because you've never met Taylor, have you? Mm -hmm. Um, And so Sarah didn't know, like, what is Taylor going to want to do? And she's like, how much (laughs) wilderness-y stuff? And I just, like, first thing I wrote in the email back, I was like, let's just skip all the wilderness, please. (laughs) They're curling in Argentina. He's probably like, where's the bowling alley? Uh-huh. No. Tango bowling. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will do it. Uh-huh. But it was really great to just like say, okay, this is it, and then send that back to her. And I got a whole itinerary list of things that we could pick from back. And it just made the whole thing already feel less daunting to me because yeah. it's, I'm already trying to learn Spanish again. And I'm already trying to like yeah. get my business to a point where I can walk away from it for a week and a half and all of that stuff. So. Right now, I don't even feel like I have to worry about this trip except for paying for it. Yep. And that's the only thing I got to do. And Sarah takes care of the rest. So it's, it's really great. I appreciate you yeah. doing that. I think that's a, like, some people, a lot of people come to me, they're like, why do we need a travel agent? And I think the most important thing is that is, like, we're experts in 
these areas that we send you to and yeah it's easy to go online and look up things to do there or get recommendations from people but it might not be exactly what you want right and you may not know that it's not what you want unless you're talking to someone who knows how to ask the right questions to create the trip that you want to take because travel isn't always the most affordable thing Mm -hmm. and especially if you want a huge experience you might only be doing it once or twice a year and you want it to be worthwhile, like worth your money, and you want to know that you're going to have a good time and spend your money right. how you want to. Well, and we all know we can't trust Yelp. No. <laughs> like, like, there's, yeah. There are some monsters <laughs> on Yelp. Monsters. I know this from working in the service industry. There are some absolute monsters on Yelp. Who knew? Do you want to pick your seven-day resort based on Yelp? No. No. Uh, also, just so before we leave, um, I want to mention that like the coolest thing about working with Sarah is that what most people don't know is that it doesn't really cost anything to work with a travel agent except for you know, a planning yeah, fee. Yeah, a small planning fee, but it's not like it adds thousands yeah. and thousands of dollars onto your <laughs> yeah. trip. That's not what that looks like. And the, the value added of working with somebody like Sarah is 100% worth it. Because you're right. If you're going to go on a special trip, you know, whatever, once a year or for some people, once like a decade, yeah. yep. you know, most yeah. people don't actually have that planned into yeah. their life. Mm-hmm. So when they do, it's it's a huge deal. It's like buying a house. Yeah. You know, it's something that's really important and personal. And so having somebody who who you can work with, like that makes a huge difference. Yep. So as we kind of finish up here. Uh, Sarah, where could the people find you? On the internet. On the gram. <laughs> on the gram. On the gram. Um, well, yeah, so Instagram and Facebook and... What's your handle? The what? Keys to Travel. Also, the website called www.thekeystotravel.com is my blog. Um, you can find me on all of those places. And they have beautiful pictures on it, not just because Justin's a great photographer, but because you are too. Hey, most most of those are my pictures. Great. He just gets in position. I'm like, oh, that looks like a nice picture. Let me just snap that real quick. <laughs> and say it's my view. Perfect. Um, but yeah. Well, thank you for coming. Yes. We love you. We love you. Oh, jeez. We love We really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And what we really need is for you to like, subscribe, comment, share, and let us know what you think and share it with everybody that you want to help level up their life too. So until the next episode, thanks.